from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Measured Thoughts on Business Radio. Powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, David Reepstein. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Business Radio. Powered by the Wharton School. I'm Dave Reepstein and I'm joined here in the studio by my co-host, Sunil Betty. I'm a professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, and, I, and Sunil is a doctoral candidate, soon to be graduating. At least we're planning on that, Sunil. We're planning on it. Fingers crossed. It's good to be here, Dave. Well, glad to have you here. We are live every Monday at 4 p.m. on Sirius XM Channel 111, and we're replayed throughout the week. So, um, did you have a good weekend? I did. I was actually in Columbus. In Columbus. What for, were you doing there? I was there for a conference, Dave. It was actually it was a lot of fun. That's a good city. I had never been there. Have you been there? I've been there. Ohio State's there, right? That's true. It's very close to Ohio so it, State. It's a huge college town. Very huge college yeah. town. A lot of fun. A lot of I mean, fun. It's going one out. of those cities that's small enough that with a big college, university like uh, Ohio State, um, Ohio State takes over the whole city. It really does. Yeah. It was a great time. I had a great time. No, uh, that, that's good. How was your weekend? Really um, my weekend was pretty good. I ended up holding a uh, surprise party for Sarah, so that oh, was wonderful. Really, really nice. Had her wonderful. sisters come in. That was great. And you were teaching today. And I was teaching today. We have 70 product managers from Google that are here, and they come, wow. they come for two weeks a year. Okay. And we've been doing this now for, I think, 10 years, and really interesting. And today, I was talking to them about the Google brand and how do you measure brand and and. I think historically Google has not been great in managing their brand. So one of the questions I asked the group was, um, so when you acquire YouTube, I don't know if you know YouTube is a brand that uh, belongs to Google. Yes, yes, okay. I didn't know that. So when you acquire YouTube, do you want to rename it GoogleTube hmm. or YouTube by Google or do you want to just leave it the hell alone? Oh, that's that's interesting. You would think that if it's it has its own brand, they might want to leave it alone. I so, guess that's what they decided. So, but but that doesn't always happen. There, you know, there are many times when a company buys another company, mm -hmm. like American bought U.S. Air. Oh, and right, right, right. U.S. Air goes away. It's all American. Oh, okay, that's cool. So that happens quite a bit. Sometimes you'll take names, and you know, Citibank ended up becoming just city. Oh, right. Because right. we're more than just banking now. Hmm. You know, they bought travelers. So That's when right. they bought travelers, we're that. not just a bank. And so when you, it's interesting to think about what it is you do with your brand name when you buy somebody else. And actually, one of the other interesting things that I talked to them about is when you introduce a new product, do you want to use your name on it? So for example, um, I don't know if you know, Google just uh, recently introduced a phone. I did not. Uh, was it called the Google phone? Well, that's a choice that they, oh. they could call it. So it's, it's an option of what it is they can do. And uh, it's intriguing to think about, should you use your name? Should you not use your name? And there's ways to try and measure that. Primary way to do it is through a method called conjoint uh, analysis. Have you, have you heard of conjoint? I have heard of conjoint. We are we are very familiar with that here. You're right. So it, first of all, that was something created here at Wharton. Absolutely. And it's the most common method for trying to measure attributes and their importance in the choice process for consumers. Including a brand name. And, and brand being one of them. So I talked about that. But speaking of that, we've got a great brand that's joining us on the program Super today. Super excited, yeah. Yeah, we've got John Carroll, who happens to be the Senior Manager of Business Outreach and Brand Evangelist 
brand evangelist. We're going to figure out what that is. Yeah, well, I, it sort of should be clear from the name anyhow, <laughs> but brand evangelist, I'm sure it says that on his business card, um, at Yelp. And Yelp has been very, very, very successful. So I'm thrilled to have him on, uh, on with us. He's going to be with us in the first segment of the program. In the second segment of the program, uh, we're going to open it up for any questions that uh, any of our listeners have on um, anything related to marketing, anything related to measurement. You want to talk about brands, we can talk about brands. And hopefully, if we have time, we're going to talk about the World Cup starting, too. Yeah, it's starting on Thursday. I'm so excited. that'll be really interesting. So uh, what I want to do is I want to uh, remind our audience you're listening to Measured Thoughts on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. You can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. You don't have to wait to the end of the program. If you've got questions for John Carroll, give us a call. And you can email us at businessradio at SiriusXM.com and even follow us on Twitter at biz, that's B-I-Z radio, 111. But let's get started with John. John, welcome. Glad to have you on the air. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um Delighted to have you with us. Very excited to hear what a brand evangelist does. But before you get there, um, how'd you get to uh, Yelp? What were you doing before you got to Yelp, and what's some of your background? Yeah, so I uh, so I actually got to Yelp not too far after college. I had one job kind of in between graduating school and then uh, joining Yelp, and I was a buyer for a large department store uh, in New York City, and uh, I. It's in spite of, I was actually buying bakeware, and in spite of the fact that I have a background in cooking, I used to be a, a private chef all throughout college, and then in addition to that, I, you know, my mom owned a deli growing up. I just could not possibly stomach to buy another piece of bakeware. It was, <laughs> <laughs> in spite of all the passion in the world, there is no amount of passion in the world that can make you passionate about buying bakeware, I think. I don't know. Um, <laughs> As a former chef, you should be into that, uh, buying bakeware. One, one would hope. One would hope. <laughs> but that just was not the case for me. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I want to go somewhere and work for a product that I use all the time. That's not bakeware. Uh, that I... Uh, like love and that I am passionate about. And when I thought about moving to New York and one of the things that was really influential in not only helping me acclimate to the city, but kind of live like a local in that city, it was Yelp. So almost immediately after moving to the city and kind of developing my relationship with Yelp as a consumer, I, I had that little kind of job board alert if anything opened up there. And then it did. And, you know, four years later, here I am. Wow. Uh, was Yelp well-developed before you got there? Yeah. So it's funny. Yelp, Yelp's strategy for growth has always kind of been a, an inch wide and a mile deep. We always really work to develop um, specific markets, and then kind of once we develop that market, then move and grow kind of, and continue market to market to market. And New York, you know, San Francisco, L.A., some of those really large hubs in the U.S. have been uh, are some of our most established and largest markets that we have. And um, it's sort of is uh, fascinating to think about how many cities it is. Is, is Yelp sort of city specific, or or um, or what is it? Actually, you know, for for the few people that don't know Yelp, tell tell us what Yelp is. Yeah, so Yelp is a well, you can use it on your desktop, so it's a website or an app uh, or a mobile site that you can use to connect yourself with a great local business. Uh, that's really fundamentally what Yelp. Uh, 
is meant to do, and it's a you can use it as kind of a directory and a review site, and you go on there and you can type in either a specific business that you're looking up, or you can type in more categorically. Uh, you know, I'm looking for a coffee shop, and Yelp will point you to the you know best rated, closest local coffee shop that you might be looking for. So the best, the best local coffee shop. So who determines best? So best is actually determined by our community. So it's going to be uh, every business has a star rating. It's out of one through five. And it is an aggregate of the reviews that the Yelp community leaves for that business. So what I find fascinating about the business is it's totally crowdsourced. Yep. User-generated content is our bread and butter. So uh, you know what I've thought about is how in the world did Yelp start? Because what what kind of credibility do you have? How do you get your, your legs when nobody else, you know, you're starting out and we, we're going to be Yelp and look at our reviews, uh, none. So what they, what happened? Do you know that history at all? I do. So Yelp was founded in 2004 in San Francisco. And it's actually, it's kind of funny. A lot of people really only associate Yelp with restaurants these days, but there's pretty much no category of business that as a consumer you could interact with that you couldn't find on Yelp. So if you're looking for a plumber or a dentist, a day spa or a dog groomer, you can find it on Yelp. And when it comes to the original concept of Yelp, it was actually, it started out as a health and medical directory, or at least that was the idea. And it's because our CEO, Jeremy Stoppelman, was sick, and he was looking for a, um, he was looking for a, a doctor to kind of get him back up on his feet, and he had his list from his insurance company, and he had the recommendations of a few of his friends, but he didn't really have kind of that almost like wisdom of the crowd type of grasp on who was really going to be the best, you know, doctor for him and who could get him back on his feet the fastest. So that is where the idea for Yelp was born. It was, you know, what if you can get people who have used this doctor before you who can then go on there and share their experience with, you know, with you, and you can tap into that as a, as a consumer so you're not really shopping blindly. And what he then realized was hopefully you're only going to the doctor maybe once or twice a year, and you eat three times a day. So what started as a, a health and medical site quickly evolved into a restaurant site, and it was actually restaurants only and just in San Francisco, and then it really expanded beyond that. And I think the biggest driver for success for Yelp in the early days, and actually for pretty much the past 10 years of our marketing program, has been our community management program. Have you ever heard about a Yelp Elite? Do you know what a Yelp Elite is? I assume those are your heavy users, right? Yes, so they and, are and, and heavy heavy posters too. Yes, so Yelp elites embody the value of the site both online and off. So when Yelp first started, one of the first things that that we did was we we wanted to figure out how to get that community that is so active online because we found people who were just really passionate about sharing their experiences with local businesses. And you have to remember that back de- back then the the landscape wasn't necessarily as crowded with the number of review sites. So Really, Yelp, as it started emerging and as it started growing, became kind of that, you know, premier local voice in the area. So we got a lot of adoption that way. But also, we had these community managers, and we had this community manager in San Francisco specifically, who was tasked with assembling this group of people who were so passionate about this product online, offline. And from there, we saw a lot of traction with that. And the person's job is to effectively, you know, Throw events, get these people together, um, get them networking, get them exposed to and interacting with other great new local businesses, and kind of see where it goes and see how that drives engagement and drives growth within the platform and within the site. 
and it's been extremely successful for us for actually, I want to say the past 10 years, it's been our only form of marketing. And that only form of marketing is, I want to hear that again. What is What is it that's the form of marketing? So it's having a community ambassador within the actual market, so within a kind of a major metro area, whose job it is to develop that kind of the yelpiness, if you will, within that community. So to make sure that they have, you know, to make sure that they have these elites who are regularly contributing to the site and that they're growing that community. Meaning okay. That okay, so let me push you on that for a second. Only because yeah. only I get, I, I break into a rash when I hear, you know, it's our only, we don't do any other marketing. Oh, no, no. Yeah. We, do, we do lots of types of marketing now, but for the past, I want to say, prior two years prior to this, um, it was really our, our biggest driver of marketing. Yeah, okay. So that makes sense then. But you, how do you get new users? So a lot of it um, we found, and actually the way that I started using Yelp was I, I used it as a consumer, um, and I used it as a on that user side first. And then, and my experience with Yelp was really just solely looking at um, looking at businesses on Yelp and discovering businesses on Yelp. And then from there, I you know we have little mechanisms on the site, so we actually gamify. Uh, for the elite community and for the for the user community, we have things like check-in offers, or we have um, different types of actions that you can take that are gamified, so that we're ultimately, hopefully, leading them to contribute content to the site, be that photos or be that reviews, whatever it might be. John, John, can you explain um, the gamification aspect of it a little bit and explain to our um, our listeners what that is? I think a lot of companies are using that, and I think our listeners are going to be interested in hearing hearing more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So gamification is is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's a um, fancy word of saying that you you take something that might be boring and turn it into something fun. And with Yelp, um, with the way that we saw you know engaging with the platform and engaging with when engaging on the site, we saw things like badges. So you can have badges for you know a number of different things. If you if you visit multiple bars in one night and check into them all, you can get a badge for that. Um, things like that that you know we never we never fully disclose all the ways that you can possibly earn all the badges on Yelp, but um, things like that that make users feel prestige or feel um, acknowledged or kind of rewarded for continu- continuing to engage with and continuing to use the platform. What I find fascinating about that is you sort of have a rewards program or a points program, but you don't have to give anything other than just sort of status and status on- online and status with your friends. It's of, pretty cheap. Right? Yeah, and look, how, and look how many badges I've got. Right. Or you know, I, I think that's fun. And, yeah, uh, and, and, and I think a lot of the, the success there and I think what people – don't necessarily think about Yelp as being is the fact that Yelp does have that social media component to it. I think one of the reasons that that gamification, you know, is so successful is because you have people, you know, who are on Yelp, who are connected to you, who whom you are connected to, and you're kind of all on this adventure together, and you're all kind of sharing this commonality of, you know, loving and appreciating, you know, these great local businesses and sharing your experiences with them. Sure. So let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measured Thoughts on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. We are currently speaking with John Carroll, who's the Senior Manager of Business Outreach and, get this, the Brand Evangelist at Yelp. And you can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. John, Brand Evangelist. What the heck? What is that? 
You know, maybe maybe that's my own type of marketing. Uh, but a lot of my role is education. Uh, most of what I do for Yelp is I actually go around and I educate and speak to business owners about how to use the platform. What's unique with that is my, my role is not actually advertising related at all. Everything I talk about is how to use the free tools that are available to businesses uh, on, on Yelp. So a lot of the times when, you know, when I'm thinking about how I'm kind of warming people up for this conversation, it's not exactly just diving right into Yelp. It's helping people understand kind of this modern review economy and how the marketplace has changed. Uh, so evangelist in the sense of, you know, I'm an expert on the feedback economy and the review economy and an expert on the platform, but, but definitely not an evangelist in the sense that I have a, a pulpit that I'm preaching from. <laughs> sure. No, what are, and it is on your business card, right? You, your card says brand evangelist. What business card? Ha! Uh, okay, I, I love it. That's yeah, I mean, that, by you, the way. If that's, you mean is it in my email signature? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, did I just show my age when I asked about business card? Oh no, I I do. I mean, I I will say I I think it's the landscape has changed a little bit. That I'm in a place where it's like if I really want to connect with you, I'm going to send you an email right then and there for my for my phone. Yeah, make, makes sense. You can't see me blushing now, but uh, so, so, I can I can hear it though. I can hear it. <laughs> totally, it's okay. So uh, help uh, help our audience understand Yelp's business model. Yeah. So as far as Yelp's business model. Yelp is free for users, and Yelp is actually also free for business owners to be listed on. So the way that Yelp makes money is by advertising. And advertising on Yelp, um, it's very similar to kind of it's, it's – I wouldn't say that we reinvented the online marketing wheel uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's, you know, you have search ads that appear above the first result uh, and on relevant business pages, and then businesses can also pay to um, advertise – or can also pay to kind of enhance or upgrade their pages, and that is our that is our largest revenue driver. Um, that is kind of our, the biggest piece of the the Yelp pie as far as revenue. And you know what's great is just like you know pretty much every online property out there, an ad is an ad, so a consumer is always there's a lot of transparency there. And ads do not impact our organic results. So you there is no amount of money that you can pay to be at number one on Yelp. Um, that's that's just not really how it works. And that was exactly the question I was going to ask you because I'm sure, you know, everybody wants to know the answer to that. And your answer is you, most important to you is to not threaten the integrity of the ratings. And, yeah. and so, you know, everything that's up there is the result of uh, the crowd's response and how they've happened to uh, to rate uh, any of the particular businesses. Yeah. And, you know, one of my one of my favorite concepts is the the wisdom of the crowd. Uh, and effectively, this was started, I, I want to say the story dates from like the early 20th century, like early 1900s. And you have, it was first observed, there was a, a dead ox. This is this is going to take a, a morbid turn, I warn you. Uh, so there's a dead so, ox. So wait a minute, I, I, I told you, you know, I was showing my age, but you know, you're going back a little bit before me. I know, there, but... I know, I know. Bear with me, though. I, okay. I promise, I'm pro I promise there's, there's rhyme and reason to it. Uh, and effectively, at the state fair, they asked all the people at the state fair to guess the weight of the ox. And I'm sure the prize at the time was maybe maybe you won the ox. Who knows? But you know, when you when you look at those individual voices, when you look at those individual contributors, I mean, you have some wild, nonsensical guesses, right? But when you take those voices and you put them together and you take the average of it, what they found was the the weight that was guessed by the crowd, kind of the average weight that was guessed, was within one pound of the actual weight of the ox. 
And that is what online review sites are, right? You no longer have one individual voice or one individual contributor who is um, necessarily skewing an average. And with a local business, if somebody's giving you that recommendation, you don't know if they're affiliated with the business, if they are being paid by the business, if they are, um, I don't know, just in, in any other way kind of have an impartial view of that business. Instead, now you have, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people who are all sharing their collective opinion or sharing their opinion, and that's creating a collective opinion that's much more true to kind of the realistic expectation or the real expectation of what a consumer could hope to find there. So um, that that really gets to the next question a lot of people want to ask is, can a business influence their particular ratings by, by posting some ratings of their own? No. So actually Yelp has a – Yelp's biggest, and I think you'll find this with pretty much every online platform, uh, is our biggest asset is our community. If we don't have our community, we don't have, you know, advertising dollars, we don't have, sure. um, you know, we don't have users, we don't have anything. And at the end of the day, maintaining the integrity and the trust with that community is fundamentally the most important thing to Yelp. So if we allowed businesses to post things about themselves or, you know, to disparagingly post about their competitors, a process is actually called astroturfing, and it's something that we observed very early on in the site. So we have kind of safe, you know, safeguards and protocols in place to make sure that that's not happening, and that's the that's the Yelp recommendation software, which is what really makes Yelp Yelp. Now, I think your community is what it is you have to protect, and we have somebody from your community that's on the line right now. So, um, Dylan, uh, calling in from Dallas has a question. So, Dylan, how can we help you? Yes, hi. I have a uh, plumbing business out here in Dallas, and I speak with a lot of plumbing owners and, and people in the industry about getting reviews, and it's a very review-driven market. Um, a lot of people are a little upset with Yelp's market or Yelp's way of doing things with comments. Um, I guess it, it seems like bad reviews get populated and good reviews get hidden in the, you know, the not a valid user comment section or it seems like they, they want us to pay for good comments to show up and just wanted some explanation on that kind of way of things. Yeah, that's that's a great question, Dylan. So uh, first thing is there whether or not you advertise on Yelp or don't advertise on Yelp, uh, that doesn't impact whether or not your reviews are recommended or not recommended by the recommendation software. Uh, that's, that's completely independent. And in fact, when we look at the reviews that are recommended or not recommended, uh, most of the reviews on the site are recommended. 72% of reviews on Yelp are recommended. And you touched on a really important point there, and that's kind of the, the community. And kind of the same way that as a, you know, out in the real world offline, you put more weight and more trust and more value in the opinion of somebody that you know really, really well, as opposed to the opinion of a total stranger, Yelp works in exactly that same way. But instead of, you know, maybe it's years and years of history and knowing each other from elementary school, on Yelp, that relationship starts when somebody first makes their Yelp account. Because in order to write a review and things like that, you need to have a Yelp account. So from the Yelp perspective, you know, the same way that you might not trust somebody that you don't know, the same way that you know, you trust somebody you do know, Yelp operates in the same way, but the way that we get to know our users is by their regular active engagement on the site. So not every review is recommended, and that's because sometimes we just don't know enough about the person to confidently recommend, you know, their opinion. 
And, and so are the recommendations from other users. I you know I see this one review, and I recommend it because I found it very useful. And I, I and that's me as a reviewer that is saying that. Is that where those recommendations come from? So that's a that's a good question. So by recommended, I mean whether or not it's shown you know, immediately on a business's page and factors into a business's overall star rating. Or if you scroll to the bottom of a business's page, there's an unrecommended review section, and you can click on that and you can see reviews that are not recommended. So going back to kind of the initial analogy of, you know, the way that you get to know somebody or the way that you know somebody and how that impacts you offline, you know, Yelp and how that impacts us online, those reviews, just because something is unrecommended today, doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be unrecommended tomorrow. It's a fluid process based on you know how we get to know and how much we get to understand that user. Uh, so it, that's user-specific. And so I'm trying to think about Dylan's situation, which is I'm an individual with a household. I, I don't write many reviews, um, but I had a great experience with, uh, with my plumber. Uh, so... Uh, I write a review, but you don't know me that well. So that ends up not being a recommended review? So not necessarily. So just because somebody is not a regular Yelp reviewer doesn't necessarily mean that they're not necessarily a regular Yelp user. And also reviews are not the you know sole indicator of somebody's kind of engagement with the site. One of my favorite online principles, uh, don't worry, there's no dead yak involved, uh, is the 1990 rule. <laughs> and this was observed on Wikipedia first. And it says for 100 people that you have on a site, 90 of them are going to just go there and engage, like read content, consume content. Sure. Nine of them might engage with it, and then only one of them is actually going to create new. So when we think about Yelp, it's actually a really small portion of the population who will take the time to write a review. Uh, so that's not necessarily a great measure of somebody's engagement or familiarity or activity on the site. Other things like, you know, how often they're searching, um, you know, they can check into businesses, they could upload photos, they could do a lot of different actions on Yelp and be really engaged on the site, but never actually take the time to write a review. Um, and if they do write a review, you know, the recommendation software is always going to be keyed into, you know, how engaged and, and how much we know that person, right? Sure. So, uh, so um, first of all, Dylan, thank you very much for the call. I hope this answered your questions and uh, and gets a better understanding of that. You know what uh, I've often believed is that people, when they have a strong sentiment, will uh, comment. So, you know, it, it used to be that uh, hotels would ask you, "How satisfied are you with your hotel stay?" and Generally, most people, like you were just saying, don't bother to write a review or provide a comment on that. But it's those in the extreme. Now, a colleague of mine, Jonah Berger, uh, has written that people are much more prone to write positive things than they are to write negative things. Do you find that to be the case? Yes. Actually, there are more five-star reviews on Yelp than there are one, two, and three-star reviews combined. Uh, 48% of the reviews on Yelp are five-stars. Uh, so that's definitely something that we we see is true as well. Uh, then the next, actually, the next biggest cluster is four-star reviews, and that's another 20% of the site. So uh, when you add those two together, that's like 68% of the reviews that are, you know, four or five stars, which is a lot. And, you know, what we find, and I think part of this is, one, consumers who are using this platform are increasingly educated, right? They're they're going out there and they're they're seeking out businesses who are going to provide that great example or a great experience. 
Um, and also, you know, this is a community who is aware that this is a local business. I think, you know, especially now when you think about other social media sites or, or other websites out there, you think a lot about this internet troll. But when it comes to Yelp, that's not necessarily, you know, as a, a problem that we have. People really go on here to kind of share their positive experiences with businesses. Well, that's great, and I, and I find it very, very useful when I use it, uh, that's for sure. Let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measured Thoughts on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We're currently speaking with John Carroll, who's the Senior Manager of Business Outreach and Brand Evangelist at Yelp. So uh, I'm curious, John, I assume most of your evangelizing, I love using that word, most of your evangelizing is with businesses, is that right? Yeah. Um, for I mean, I feel like most consumers probably, you know, are familiar with Yelp or, or know what Yelp is and are available or aware of how to use it. For business owners, it can be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say opaque, but I think it's it's not necessarily as obvious, the, the use case on the business side. And that's something that we've really, you know, tried to shine a lot of light on. Uh, actually, those community managers that I mentioned before, uh, you know, a part of their role is doing education within their own communities as well. But as a business owner, you have an entire dashboard, an entire portal that you can log into and do things like, you know, update your information, um, you know, add photos. There's actually no limit to the number of photos that a business owner can add to their page themselves. Uh, they can respond to their reviews, which is one of my favorite and probably most important actions. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and uh, and all of that happens at biz.yelp.com. So, bravoindiazulu.yelp.com, yep. and that is the business owner site uh, that they should be logging into to claim and manage their listing. So, is, is your work primarily to help your current advertisers or, or current, uh, maybe it's listers, um, do a better job of, of presenting their brand? Yeah, so it's it's not even advertisers; it's just businesses who are listed on Yelp, um, because you know businesses can they can put themselves on Yelp, consumers can put a business on Yelp. Um, we have data partnerships that that list businesses on Yelp, but you know it's about businesses kind of taking ownership of that online presence and that online reputation and, and engaging with the community. Because from a consumer perspective, you know there's no difference between and almost no difference between offline and online feed, uh, feedback. Actually, online feedback tends to be negative feedback, I should say, if it's, if it's online, tends to almost be kind of a last resort. Uh, what we find is it's over 70% of consumers who have gone online and are writing a negative review have actually tried a traditional customer service method already. So from a business perspective, if you think about it, you know, you've disappointed them once in the initial interaction, a second time in the, in the failure to address the concern you know, when they raise it to you via that traditional channel, and this is really their last foot out the door. So it's it's really the the last chance to to kind of revive that relationship. And we find that businesses tend to be, or a lot of business owners I talk to, I should say, tend to be a little bit timid about responding to their reviews or engaging with their reviewers. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that you see, you know, you see these instances of a business owner kind of going on there and you know fighting fire with fire, and then it kind of blowing up and turning into a bit of a scandal. And on Yelp, as a business owner, you can respond once, you know, on, in a public way. And then if you want to take it offline and send direct messages, you can always send, you know, share more direct messages. But uh, we try to make it pretty, 
pretty easy to do and, and you know, pretty So, so pretty that's great, though, because, you know, people will complain, but you give them an opportunity to write a response so everybody gets to see it since everybody gets to see the complaint. So yeah. I, I, I think that's really, really powerful. Um, it is of interest to me to try and figure out um, – are, are most of your efforts to try well, – we said most of your efforts are working with these businesses. Is it possible that I'm a business and I don't even know that I'm on Yelp? That is possible, yes. Yeah, so that that makes sense. Uh, but you did say that there's now much more marketing effort that's going on by Yelp. What kind of things are being done? What What's the marketing spent in dollars being spent on? That is not that is not the, so I don't know I don't know how many dollars are being spent, um, but I know as a site app users are incredibly important to us. Uh, so we do a lot to try to move to move our users over to our app experience because our app experience is really what we optimize and also it's where we see consumers um, focusing the most and and being the most engaged. So we know that that engagement obviously you know turns into. For us, you know, more impressions for advertisements or whatever it might be, um, but we we really value our app using community. So a lot of what we do is to encourage um, app downloads. So what's that mean? Encourage? What are you spending the dollars on uh, to try and get app users? So I think a lot of I mean a lot of that is you know when you when you go into the app store and things like that, um, you know having Yelp you know prominent there. Uh, also just in, internally developing to make sure that when we have our um, when you're going onto our mobile site, that it's really obvious to kind of be kicked over to our uh, to our app store. The other couple of things that we are that we're trying to do is is make people aware of the fact that Yelp is more than just a restaurant review site. Uh, so you've probably seen you know some some different homepage redesigns or things like that 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 call to attention a couple of other things because we're trying to encourage and and help people understand that Yelp is more than just a restaurant. So you know we purchased E24 and then we sold E24. And, you know, that delivery business is – and that partnership with Grubhub is, is a big one for us because now all of Grubhub's businesses are now listed and featured on Yelp, so you can actually order food directly through Yelp. And, and uh, what, what marketing do you do to try and get advertisers? And, again, I'm sort of thinking about what do you spend on to try and, and get more advertisers? So email marketing is a big one for us. Uh, email email marketing is definitely something that we that – we, Put a lot of time and resources into, um, and but those are I would say email marketing, and then you know of course we have a sales team as well, and those are probably our two biggest um, expenses to to get in front of business owners. Okay, and my last question for you, and it's one you must have to do all the time, which, which is how do you convince a advertiser that being on Yelp is good? And so I'm really thinking about what are the metrics that you look at to convince an advertiser that it's uh, it's it's worth their money. Okay. Yeah. So there are there are a couple things, and I think the first thing, and I think one of the most compelling reasons that people go to Yelp as even as an advertiser is because on Yelp it is your reputation and your commitment to customer service and to making your customers or your clients happy that wins. So it's not, you know, how fancy is your is your office? It's not how fancy is your uh, is the media that you've produced about your business, or you know, how beautiful is your website? It's how good are you are you at doing what you say you're going to do, and how happy are the people when they walk away from you? And a lot of advertisers, that is what really appeals to them, is the fact that 
they have to do what they went into business to do, which is make sure that they have happy clients and happy customers. And in fact, kind of my, my favorite Yelp stat is that for a review that mentions the phrase, great customer service is five times more likely to be five star than one star. And I always joke with people, you cannot make a five star page out of a one star business. Right, right. And for Yelp, that tends to be really, really powerful. I think the other thing that's really important with Yelp is understanding where the consumer is in their purchasing journey. And we know that 82% of users are there because they intend to buy. So four out of five people on your page are buyers, right? They're at the very end of their sales funnel. Unlike a search engine, so, every yeah, single right. search that happens on Yelp is for a local business. So, so that's got to make it very, very attractive to advertisers, for sure. Yeah, because it's not informational. It's, it's transactional in that way. So if they're not choosing you, they're choosing somebody else in your area. Right. So it's how do you get in front of you know that person, and how do you make sure that they choose you? Uh, it's a very in- interesting business. You're in a great position there at uh, at Yelp. How cool to put on your email, Bus- <laughs> business evangelist. And thank you, you very much for card. joining us. Uh, we are going to have to take a break, but uh, you've opened our eyes to thinking about sort of the origins and also how. Uh, Yelp itself has uh, has evolved. We are going to need to take a short break. So, John, thank you. Uh, and and when we get back, we're going to take calls and anything marketing, branding, metrics related in the last uh, segment of the program. If you want to join the conversation when we come back, give us a call at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. This is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM one eleven. <laughs> 